It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ewan Patterson. Hello. Hello, I'm Josh Brown. Hello. We're all finally back after around a month of experimenting with different things, having all sorts of different plans as to how many different shows we could do, how to monetize the podcast, all that fancy stuff. But point being, we're back, and we're back alongside one of the best open world games in quite some time. All three of us are living on Ghost of Tsushima. Um, Mr. Ewan, you've recently got the Platinum, having done the review and then gone back and rinsed all of it out. It's just it's just <laughs> that good, isn't it? I feel empty now. I was there, like, <laughs> played. I've taken a really good screenshot of Jin, because you know after you do some missions, we're there drinking and some sake mm-hmm. and you can change his emotion i've got one of this there's a shot that i've not uploaded yet to twitter where it's like a picture of him drinking the sake all smiley and then the next one is just him going like that so kind of where it, <laughs> for people who can't see the video i just did a very kind of open mouthed shock expression face. um <laughs> because yeah now in my head i'm like when's ghost of Tsushima 2 happening please no. tell me <laughs> so one of the things we said before we started recording was that kind of addressing the fact that a lot of people when they discuss ghost of Tsushima, obviously make a bunch of comparisons to assassin's creed and i think that there are some comparisons to be made in terms of the tall grass the way that you you know you do follow some npcs the way the opening sort of plays out there are a lot of things that they're borrowing from the ubisoft rulebook but there's so much that elevates this into i would say truly special territory and for me it it sits alongside like witcher 3 breath of the wild um it's one of the true greats i don't know if that'll still meet out all the way through i'm about Mm. 18 ish hours in i'm curious to see how i feel at the end of um act three um but i guess to just sort of bounce that back to josh where have you how have you felt about the general sort of reception of it and are you as uh blown away by it as someone like me is um, it's been, I think I'm slightly below YouTube, but I'm still having an excellent time with it. It's way better than I thought or way more engaging than I expected it to be because I feel like, yeah, everyone going into this game had those comparisons in their mind, had the mm-hmm. idea that this was going to be another Assassin's Creed or another open world game. And in a lot of ways it is, but mm-hmm. I feel like they are familiar kind of frameworks and familiar missions and familiar structures and gameplay cycles. But Ghost of Tsushima, like, it tackles them so confidently and puts its own unique spin on them, especially when it comes to kind of the structure of the landscape and the visuals of the landscape and the aesthetic mm. overall, that it's properly drawn me in. And I don't know whether I'm playing it wrong, but I've been taking it so slow. Normally when I play, especially long games, open world games, I have almost an existential anxiety that's driving it. <laughs> I'm not thinking about what I'm doing right now. I'm thinking about the next mission or even right. sometimes the next game. I'm just thinking of it as content to consume. But I think 
Ghost makes a lot of really smart um, designed decisions to stop you thinking in that way. Like the, we, we've got to compare it to Assassin's Creed, obviously. But when I was playing through Odyssey, which I had a great time with for the first 20 hours, mm-hmm. I wasn't treating it with... I wasn't treating the game space with the same reverence that I am in this game. In this game, I'm really taking my time. I'm unfogging the entire area before I move on. Whereas in Assassin's Creed, it was like, it was like a, I don't know. Ticking boxes. A, a, yeah, ticking boxes. It was like a mechanism for giving me content. So I was going from one mission to the next, running over everything in between. Whereas, you know, in Sushima, I am going from one area to the other, but I'm investigating everything on the way. And yeah, there are there is a lot of repetition in the activities themselves, but I don't really even mind the minute. I can just spend half an hour looking around for bamboo or flowers mm-hmm. in the forest and have a bloody good time doing it. I'm taking it uncharacteristically slow, and that's completely shocked me because I didn't expect to, or even intend to play it that way, but it's got its grips in me in that way. I remember when you did that with uh, Death Stranding, because it was back at the beginning of that game. You can, if you want, just spend your time delivering every other package and rank up all the different unlockables and the optional stuff that you can get from every individual sort of mission giver. Um, And Ghost of Tsushima as well. I really want to talk about the wind mechanic, um, which ahead of time, like before launch, I didn't, I, I, I don't know. I didn't know exactly what to expect from that, but I didn't realize how much it was really going to elevate the whole thing. Um, in as much as at the very beginning, and we're not going to go into like you know big plot spoilers, but at the very beginning, you know, you know, you find out that like Jin's father has passed away, um, and he sort of he was handed down this uh, ceremonial sword, this like family sword to take care of. And I love the bit after the after you lose to the first boss. Um, again, it's all part of the intro, um, and he's sort of like questioning where to go. Like everyone's been wiped out. There's hardly any samurai left on the island. Um, and he's like, what do I do? And he looks at the blade and at the same time, the wind sort of carries him and, and blows past that and points to where he's supposed to go. And just narrativizing, if that's even a word, the wind mechanic in that way really, really got to me. I don't know if it's just like a weird personal thing, but then, you know, being like whisked along on this lush journey where you're sort of just going point to point and, you know, you are kind of ticking stuff off, but it's not as sterile as an Assassin's Creed. It really has heart to it. And um, to the point where it made me just think like, okay, this is what an open, like a master of the open world genre. This is what this stuff is supposed to feel like. It's not supposed to be this giant list of hashtag content that you're just ticking boxes on. Uh, I don't know if that was the same with you, Ewan. Yeah, I mean, there were certain parts when I was playing it because obviously I had a deadline to meet where it was kind of like, oh, I really want to do all this side content, but I kind of have to go to this thing here. <laughs> There'd be a point where I'd be focusing on one thing and then the bird would come and distract me. I'd be like, oh, here we go, oh, following the bird. Time. And then it would lead me to a fox and the fox would lead me elsewhere. And I'll be like, oh my God, there's so much to, to, to digest. But I do think that the the right word is like you're narrativizing um, the, the, explore, the exploration <laughs> mechanic. Um, and I definitely like the idea of how it encourages you to be that roaming samurai, kind of roaming um, the the island and developing your legend as well and kind of going through that way. I really liked it. And the wind mechanic, I'm so grateful for. The lack of UI in this game is just mm-hmm. a massive breath of fresh air to play an open world title. I don't have to worry about a compass or a mini map or like whatever is just going on the screen. It no, <laughs> it only provides you with the essentials. And the thing that I do like about the guiding wind as well, even though that sometimes it will kind of take you up and down places awkwardly and you can't take your horse, you have to be like, oh, sorry, Kage, I've got to like get off and go down this rock or whatever mm-hmm. um i do like how it encourages you to look at roads and then also take off beaten paths and do stuff that way um and exploring those missions organically is definitely a big strength of the game and where i feel as though like you mentioned it sets itself apart from other open world titles 
Yeah, well, it's it's just that sense of everything kind of feeling natural, and I don't know. It, it's it's strange because in even in the like at the very very beginning, um, this was just a thing that was I don't know if it's specific to my PS4 or whatever, but the frame rate was terrible in the very opening couple of cutscenes, and that sort of opening bit where you have the battle and, and all that stuff that was all really choppy for me. So it mm. didn't really start to click or kind of flow until I got into the open world. But as soon as I did that, I kind of had this series of interactions where I um, I heard someone this like woman sort of scream in pain. I saved her from some of the Mongols, and she helped me point me towards this other place um, and as i was walking to this other place i just ended up um, swiping left on the touchpad and Jin just like started playing the flute um, and it was just so serene and beautiful and like i said i already had that backing of like well i'm only really being guided towards helping these people by the spirit of my father who's helping me go place to place and i kind of just welled up a little bit i was like this is so carefully done um, and it's just that way of, like I said, fluidly connecting you place to place. It's the opposite of the sterile Ubisoft. Format. Yeah, I mean, the opening, I think, is one of, ignoring the part where it's the battle on, on Komodo Beach and you have mm -hmm. the fight with um, Koten Khan on, on, the, on the bridge. I did think that the, the actual opening title sequences is one of the most mm. like spine-tinglingly good ones I've ever had, where you finally, you know, the music begins to swell and you're on your horse and you get out and then Jin just leans over and puts his hand through through like the tall grass <laughs> mm -hmm. and that illustrates the reverence that he has for Sushima as an actual island which I really really like you know it, it illustrates the connection he has with his home um, and as you see you know the, the actual map itself is stunningly beautiful yeah. and that first haiku spot where it's just on the outskirts of the golden forest is just like it's it's so lush and I like I like the idea the fact that the game it doesn't treat um, the environment as just a set to kill enemies right. in it is literally a place that you explore and marvel and take in. And the fact that they give you so many different opportunities to take it in is mm -hmm. fantastic and probably one of the most surprising things about it for me. There's one thing I was going to quickly touch on as well. I forget the name of the um, the mentality. There's a general sort of mentality philosophy that apparently went into the way that um, Disneyland order where their different attractions are going to go. I know this is a weird thing, but you'll know what I mean. Um, in a second, in the way that they do, basically in Disneyland, you can be at any point in the park and no matter which way you look, you'll spot about two or three things at different distance levels that you want to get to eventually. Um, and they keep you on this constant like loop, this sort of spiral of making sure you check everything out. Um, and apparently Zelda Breath of the Wild has that as well, where you're always looking at something else in the distance, whether it's Mount Doom or whatever. Um, I think it's called Mount Doom. That's the thing from Lord of the Rings. It's some sort of boom bringing <laughs> mountain. You know what I mean? I think and, it's um, Doom Mountain, isn't it? Is it, is it Doom, Doom Mountain? Mountain? I should know. I've played all of them, but I forget what it's called. Anyway, and um, it's that general mentality, and I was reminded of that play in Tsushima. Um, and so, Josh, I was going to say, like, because we talked a little bit, um, we've sort of gone back and forth on some messages and stuff, where I was like, this is absolute top tier, one of the best open worlds ever. Um, what, if, yeah. what do you think of that stuff and, like, how it gets you from place to place? Um, oh, yeah, like, that's that's why I've been taking it so slow. And uh, I agree with you guys. I think the wind mechanic is a revelation because for as much <laughs> as I like to pretend I'm someone who plays open-world games by looking at the signs, looking at the actual game clues, and pretending, yeah, pretending I'm actually in this world, I, of course, rely on the waypoint because it's there. And I do, much to my own self-annoyance ignore a lot of what's going on but the fact that i don't have that option here and i do need to be more vague like i don't even use the wind that much I, i'll just usually mm. press start see where i need to go the general direction and then just sort of make my way over there and usually because the landscape is so well designed you can tell where you're supposed to go by the shape of the building what's going on i know if something's on fire it's probably a main mission i need to go <laughs> in that general um, direction mm. so i think like you said you know there's a great kind of 
sense of wonder and exploration in just looking around these vistas, searching these forests and spotting something in the distance and just saying, you know, I want to go to there. I'm going to interact with everything on the way. And that's why I, I'm not out the first area yet. I'm, I must have played about as much as you, Scott, if probably slightly <laughs> less. And yeah. I'm not out the first area. I'm not out of Act 1 because I just I want to defog the map and I haven't had that um, same push to just explore since like Red Dead Redemption 2 or Death Stranding, like you said, Breath mm. of the Wild, obviously up there as well, but it's a bit further away. Mm. Um, however, I don't I don't quite think it's on that level just because of a few slight design drawbacks. Like I feel for the most part that the open world is alive, but occasionally I can sort of see the limitations of the design when it comes to quests or, you know, even the limitations of the sheer resources available. It's probably not fair to compare every game to Red Dead Redemption 2, but you can sort of tell <laughs> when I mean, a lot of the interiors are repeated. A lot of the NPCs kind of have nothing, nothing to say. Sometimes I'll go to a unmarked settlement that has a bunch of different NPCs to talk to, you know, some shrines or whatever, some some things to do. And then other times I'll like go to an area that sh that is populated and has people there, but it's just sort of made up of a lot of copied and pasted assets and a lot of copied and pasted um, mm. NPC placements. And that's not a deal breaker by any means. But it does take me out in a way that I was never taking out of the experience in the likes of Zelda or Red Dead Redemption. Again, it's still a very, very good game and one of my favorites you know, of the year. I just do. I didn't notice those drawbacks and I didn't want to because I was enjoying ex exploration so much. And that kind of, again, links to the quests. I, I've stumbled upon a lot of quest locations before the fact. And it doesn't really yeah. do much to kind of offset that. It gives you this big open world to explore. And a lot of these aren't off the beaten path, you know, the next other objectives. And you sort of stumble across them and you kind of know this is a staging area for a later quest and that you should come back to it. But it was just, it felt like there was just, a, like, again, like a, like a step below that perfection that everything else kind of points towards where I was like, I wish they'd accounted for me coming here because you've encouraged me to explore. But at the same time, we've sort of hit this gamified Head. Yeah, I will. I will say that there is a, a, a gameplay element that comes into the beginning of the second act that Scott will be aware of now. Um, oh. That will encourage you to go back to the first at the first part, portion of the map. Yes, and you do those, and once you've done all of those, that like removes all the fog off a, off a given area. Um, mm. So that's something to, to bear in mind. Um, I guess they must consider that you're doing all this. You will eventually feel compelled enough to do the single player story to move ahead. Because I did think that the single player story was much more compelling than the, than the side tales. At least, um, you know, the only side tales that I thought were genuinely amazing. Not that all of them were, you know, forgettable or whatever. I just don't genuinely thought that the um, the generic kind of fade to black cutscene dialogue thing, go do X, Y, Z, that did kind of get repetitive when I got to act three. Um, but the mythic tales are a standout feature. I love doing those. Uh, and the single player story I thought was compelling enough to want to continue searching to go onto that as well. Um, and the single player is, is absolutely amazing. It's a massive highlight. I'll totally yeah. I actually I this is one of the only sort of open world um, stories that I've genuinely cared about progressing. I really like the characters. I love Riozo um, and uh, Yuna as well. And it's just that was the thing. It's just it's trying to find that balance because I think they do a great job with the. They have like a whole separate section of the um, quest log called Tales, where it's, you can go and mm -hmm. find sort of legendary warriors or legendary like bowmen, swordsmen, whatever. Um, and they've you know you kind of eventually it, it plays out, but they tend to result in really great visually like visually. A, 
a visual reward is what I was trying to get to because there's a certain fight in a purple field that was one of the mm-hmm. first ones that I did to keep it super vague um, that I just thought looked incredible and they always do a really good job with the duels um, so we should talk a little bit about the combat um, because I think that's another area where I think they excel I think that this could be if you took away the open world aspect and made this a dedicated you know hack and slash more linear game um, where the focus would be on a combat model for me this is a very good engaging experimental and rewarding combat model um, and when things start Start seeding up when you start fighting some of the um, other um, straw-hatted Mongols in the north, um, or even in those duels. Um, the faster it gets, the more I absolutely love it. It kind of it's a, a level of satisfaction that I thought Sekiro never hit. Um, because it, for me with Sekiro, it was how well can I press L1 at the right time? If I really boiled it down, I know that there's huge Sekiro fans and I like it too, but there's more stuff in Tsushima that I'm like juggling with in terms of, you know, the, the ranged attacks, throwing down bombs and explosives, mm-hmm. but also parrying encounters and changing stances and stuff. Um, I guess, yeah, Joshua, did you come down on the, uh, the combat side of things? Yeah, I love it. I think this is another kind of area that's going to get compared to Assassin's Creed, just in the structure of but and I mean in the interplay between stealth and combat, and the way you can use like the bone arrow and you've got these extra abilities. But for me it's like head and shoulders above that yeah. franchise and most other open world combat systems, just because everything interlocks so well and it's got a cohesive, you know, sense or approach to its design where I, I just enjoy exploiting all of these different stances that I get given, all of these different gameplay styles, whether it is stealth or fighting honorably. And for the most part, I am fighting honorably. I'm going into the standoff mode. I'm taking out a few dudes and taking oh, really? on an entire fortress, you know, mm-hmm. with <laughs> one single sword and a few bombs. And it feels great. And I do think, you know, again, it's just it's basic stuff, but done so well, you know what I mean? Done with a level of care and attention that makes it, far more satisfying than just its base parts like the idea of switching stances you know it it could get old it could get a bit fumbly but it doesn't like Mm. moving uh, keeping a sense of tactical awareness while you are looking at what enemies you have left and swapping your stances swapping your heavy attacks with your light attacks with your ranged attacks it just it feels um so good and there is that great kind of interplay between being defensive but also being quite aggressive you don't want to get too aggressive or you get your ass handed to you but at the same time you've got to be got to be smart you've got to be uh on the offensive for the most part it just it comes together so well and i think you know with with the animations in there even like the flick of the sword to get the blood off or to sheathe or to end someone's suffering it all comes together to make for this um (laughs) immense experience where you are informed by the narrative going on around you as well you know you've got this kind of um internal divide between being the honorable samurai or being this kind of more crafty opponent i remember the first time where i properly indulged in the stealth and i jumped on some guy from a distance and i stabbed him from behind and it gives you um you know a bit of a you feel guilt you felt you you felt legitimate guilt guilt. yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) legitimate guilt because of story happenings and i thought that's really interesting the way it's actually making me think about what i'm doing and i'm not just doing it for the sake of that instant gratification because mm. combat is good. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That yeah, was the thing I was, I was going to ask you, and if that's what you're about to follow up on, like that split between combat and stealth. The narrativization of the gameplay in this game like blew me away. Uh, mm-hmm. And I do think partially, you know, I think the stealth could have been much improved. I do think it's slightly annoying if you'll mess up a stealth encounter and then the rest of the Mongols and the camp seem to have some sort of hearing problem. I mean, they are using explosives all the time, but they should be yeah. able to hear where you know their mates are toot toot on the horn or whatever <laughs> um but yeah the narrativization of, of combat and i would say i played most of the opening two acts as a samurai and then they do different things with the enemies that pushes you in, in more in the ghost direction and mm. um, to the point where you'll get to the final act and it's very difficult to play like a samurai um which i think is very good people uh, were asking me you know whether you can do full gameplays as the samurai or the ghost i mean it's very much the case of that you are the samurai who goes on this decline and becomes the ghost mm. and there's all sorts of different narrative um connotations that come with that as well that i won't get into because even though they are really fascinating they do technically class as spoilers i think mm-hmm. both of you are probably will have at least seen those themes broached already you know the idea of the ghost being the hero of the people more so and the samurai almost being mm. out of touch with with, with um, the general populace uh, but yeah the narrativization i felt legitimate guilt the first time i was doing those those stealth encounters and then you begin to realize okay maybe there is a practicality to this maybe i should be deploying more smoke bombs in combat maybe i should be using explosives and all these other you know crafty bits of weaponry going forward um and some people might bemoan that lack of choice again but at the end of the day ghost of such is a tragedy and it's a very well written one my thing i always love when i actually i always go back and forward on choices in games mainly because i want a certain i want to be taken on a ride and one of the, my favorite things in narrative choices in gaming which choice on behalf of the developers and the writers is in the last of us when you can't choose as joel to just leave ellie and leave yourself and whatever i love that that character has to do that thing and you have to live with it on a player level so for me i'm i'm all up for doing this specific thing because there are a couple of dialogue choices and stuff in Tsushima mm-hmm. but you are going down a specific path and um, we should talk about the um like the the comparisons gameplay wise if you're going down the stealth route with with Assassin's Creed um because when you're tailing people and it's literally exactly the same as, as Assassin's Creed where you know it's like, oh they're out they're out of sight make sure you go around the building and you line up the view and then it resets the counter and then whatever and that stuff for me it's not like a shame um but it did, did make me go okay you're literally looking at the playbook and going well we'll do 
our version of that beat for beat. It's the one yeah. bit of the game that isn't polished, I think. I think you can mm. talk about the cutscenes and the side tests and the side quests not being great as well. But the platforming can be very dodgy sometimes. The fact that you have to jump oh God, yeah. you have to hit you have to hit an additional jump to get onto a uh like a rope that's like bridging two buildings together or whatever, that can be slightly frustrating. And it is very much a case of you'll jump and then lock on to a piece of the scenery. That is slightly dated, but yeah, like the, the the tailing mechanics. Thankfully, there aren't a lot of missions that make you do that, so don't worry too much about that. If you're worried, you're going to have loads to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a little bit of a forgettable gameplay aspect. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating to me those parts because they they are so needless. Like I look at the UI for like a big comparison. You know, the 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 times when you're scoping out a camp before you decide to attack it, for instance, you get like the little circles that you hone in on mm. when you get to points of interest like that's almost exactly straight out of the the new eagle vision from assassin's creed and i'm like yep. you could have just stylized this slightly different and the comparisons might not have been there because the mechanic itself is different enough just the fact that you use these visual indicators that are so connected to another franchise it's the same when you are raiding camps as well and you have the different bonuses and you've got you know you have to destroy the powder kegs or you have to get the banners and stuff oh yeah it's kind of like yeah yeah it's kind of like the busy work in the modern assassin's creed where you where you're doing very 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 similar things inside of the um encampments and it's kind of like it's everything else is different enough where you can just shrug the comparisons off and you do your own thing. So you didn't necessarily need these visual indicators or these kind of very basic quests. It seems like an easy fix. And I'm like, I don't know why they didn't do that when they seem to have made that decision elsewhere. Do you think that's just them going like, I mean, Assassin's Creed for the longest time since the beginning has been asked, why aren't you doing a, why aren't you doing an Assassin's Creed set in Japan? And over a long enough time period, it feels like another developer has gone. And obviously in this case, it's Sucker Punch gone. Well, we can do that. It's, we will we'll do that. Yeah. Um, and at some point, they're going to attract the Assassin's Creed fan base to at least try this out. But it was just strange when I was, I was doing the first tailing mission and I just kind of thought I was like, no one on Sucker Punch's staff wanted to do this. Like yeah. maybe there was someone there that was like, oh, I really like the tailing missions and they work and they sell and we should do them but to that even to that end assassin's creed ever since black flag when they started asking for you like they started asking for fan feedback inside the games like did you enjoy this mission rated out of five um tailing missions suddenly dropped all the way off and they pretty <laughs> much ditched them in like origins and odyssey um but i just yeah that was the one time where i was like this feels weirdly corporate and expected and almost like some someone sort of lent in a room and just said have you done the tailing missions because you've got everything else just make sure that's gonna sell all right um and i thought that stuff sort of stood out a bit yeah, you know, I really want to know how long this kind of game has been in development for. You would assume that mm. at least parts of the mechanic. We know we know now that there was actually another project they were working on that didn't get past the Amazon stage. Prime series, the game. Yes, I can't remember. <laughs> it's called like Prophecy, I think. Yeah. I think the footage leaked um, earlier on today. But you can see very like a couple rudimentary elements that I made it into Ghost present there. So they've been working on this since the start of the generation. And I mm. wonder how many of those kind of like weird missions or weird design choices are just holdovers from kind of like almost a, a different era you know what i mean yeah. at the start of the generation the focus on open world games were completely different to what we have now and i do part of me does wonder if if this end product is kind of a weird blend of those two styles it's a, it's a game that very much started in the open world playbook of 2013 2014 2015 but has added enough on top to differentiate it but it hasn't completely managed to escape from that baggage and it makes me excited to see where it's going to go in the next game 
Yeah, that's what's weird with the, that whole idea of like how long has it been in development? Where were they taking influence from? Because the, like you said just before, like the, the settlements, when you're going through them, even down to where it's placed on the screen, that's the same as AC Origins and Odyssey. Um, but then tailing missions is straight out of Black Flag AC3 old school stuff, like before Black Flag, um, which sort of like seems to kind of clash a little bit. Um, we talked a little bit about animation and stuff before. Like, Did any of those things sort of stand out in regards to facial animation? Do you feel like you were spoiled by like Red Dead 2, Final Fantasy 7, Last of Us to Air? type stuff or could you kind of go with it i mean yeah it's it's the case of like the seamless transition for a game that is so cinematic and i feel as though you can put it in that bracket of red dead or last of us in terms of the main story cutscenes and the way it presents gameplay itself i think you can put it in that bracket but like josh mentioned earlier on that transition isn't handled effectively all the time you know those mm -hmm. little tiny animations that really keep you invested in the moment whether it's you know setting fire to like a bit of gunpowder or you know doing something different or going up and talking to an NPC. I really was blown away by the amount of times where I would go up to talk to an NPC and it wouldn't even be a close-up cutscene. The camera would be far away and you kind of move back and forth with this like these static camera angles that almost look last gen in nature. <laughs> I was genuinely kind of that, that did take away a lot of it for me. And then you know that's it like you said again, like it's it's unfair to compare everyone to a naughty dog or a rock star, especially given the human cost that comes with the mm -hmm. amount of detail they put into their game. Um, but it did it did take me out of the moment just a little bit yeah that that's a great point that the human cost side of it i love i forget the name of the particular staff member the creative director that was out there ahead of time uh saying look we're not going to bother putting in animations where you got off your horse and you pick the flower up and you get back on the horse we're just going to put a button in it and you can do it um and i love that i love that so much because it, like i i appreciate and adore things like red dead um and last of us 2 and everything but i don't need a month long you know i don't need a team dedicated to like all these textures and all this different um detail on a leaf that i can pluck out the ground you know accurately motion captured or whatever just put it behind a button and it's fine some of the gamified elements in this and um, for me they all totally work there was um one mission where you have to sneak into an encampment by going inside a cart and you get sort yes. of like snuck in um, and i remember when you push the button to get in the car and it just fades to black gives you the little thing you just hear it it's like you hear a bunch of shuffling and it just comes back up and you're inside the car that was the yeah. thing that reminded me of old school but i was like i don't need to see that i don't need to see you getting in a car that's fine see all right, I'm 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 slightly on the opposite end of. I know you are. <laughs> I fully agree that you know, like if, if it's gonna like if it's gonna have an immense human cost, don't do it. You don't need it. It's totally fine to just tap a button and pick up something off the floor. I don't need this lavish um, detail if it's going to come at the cost and the livelihood of the people who actually make it. That said, I do think there is something that if you're still going to try and make this open world game, there needs to be a certain elegance to it and i felt like those times where it did just hard cut to black and you had the sounds and then you saw them on a boat or something and you're like well how did we get here it's kind of it felt a little bit sloppy like if you like don't have gaming. the time yeah if you don't have the time or resources to animate that like that's totally fine but cut it because i feel like what we have now is kind of this ambitious game where you can see the corners that have been cut and for me that does feel exactly it does take I me was. out of it a little bit mm. like it's kind of like the cuts to black like i was kind of confused by them because you have the um the aspect ratio bars fade out after a standoff but you don't have them going into a standoff and it's kind of like i can see where you're going oh, from, I like but that cut. it doesn't quite mesh at least not to me like and especially like exactly what you were saying there scott we, mm. we i was doing this mission the other night where we had to get on a boat and it, it shows your character jumping in the boat, then it cuts, and you hear the sound of waves, and then you're out at sea, and it's like, 
that's that's fine, but it feels like there's a scene missing there. You know what mm. I mean? That honestly, right there, was the example I was going to give for something I loved because <laughs> I in in the moment before that scene when I think you're with Rosa at that point, and he's like, "Oh, we need to go. We should go take care of these boats." I think Jin suggests it to him, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, it's going to make me go all the way back down the mountain. I'm going to have to get in the boat and go across to the no." And it just cut, and I'm there, and I could do it. Like I just, I was like, "Oh my god, this this is the breath of fresh air that I wanted," because mm-hmm. um, I just want to play the game. I am honestly, I could do a soapbox rant on how many, how much I'm sick of ancillary animations that just don't offer anything and they're everywhere in the t- games that we cited before um but for it is true that by going so gamey it can feel last gen or there's the scenes feel like they're missing but i think i welcomed that because it was more immediate mm. yeah i mean I'm, my, i would always come back to the point that the game is presented very cinematically and that mm-hmm. when you have that in there it, it, it is kind of add-ons with it but again that doesn't take away from the fact that the game is so cinematic and so uniquely beautiful as well um mm-hmm. I don't think we've talked much about, you know, we've mentioned Assassin's Creed comparisons and the fact that there was criticism that some of the open world elements were very repetitive or derivative, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel as though that in this discourse of saying Ghost of Tsushima, and that's not to invalidate, you know, people can have whatever opinions they want about the game. I definitely see how people would find it to be kind of um, an unremarkable experience in a way. It just resonated with me, you know, far more than I feel as Same. though it did some of the people. Um, but I do feel as though when people talk about it or, you know, write the game off as being just another open world game with nothing to offer or whatever, they're really invalidating the the effort and craft that has gone into the presentation of the game and the different little nuances that do refine it. I feel as though it would be the case of like, if we're going to say that this game has nothing else to offer, why make another FPS game if, you know, we think the genre has peaked with a different title or whatever, you know, it's, mm-hmm. for me, I find it quite delusional and it's doubly frustrating as well when you look at Ghost of Tsushima and how beautiful and vi- I've not played a game this vibrant ever. And you know, I think I mentioned it in my review, you know, technically on a purely technical level, it will not hold the candle to a Last of Us or an Uncharted or a Red Dead Redemption 2 or whatever. But that art direction completely, you know, sets it above and beyond so many different kind of washed out titles we've played over the past, you know, seven years or so. Um, and I feel as though that kind of element of it has been overlooked. The game mm-hmm. is stunning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that was the thing, um, like I said before, like, the way that it sort of combined to make me kind of well up at the start. And it, it, it has this level of, like, spirituality. Like I said, it, you can kind of feel a whole team of people really cared about making this, which is why things like the tailing missions kind of stand out a little bit. Um, but it's it's such a love letter to Japan. Obviously, there's Japan, Japanese mythology in there and the history of Japan. And it's just, like, it, it for me, it's, it's the exact sort of way I would want to experience Japan in real life. Like I'm planning a trip to Japan right now, and it's the the version of uh, Japanese mythology and the history and everything else. Not going to go around with a big sword, but I love the idea of just you know being able to experience everything. Um, and so yeah, I think there's there's a it, it, there is like a majesty to it that like yeah like totally elevates yeah. it. Um, Josh yeah. is the same for you. Oh, totally, man. Like I'd echo exactly what you said. And even though I was kind of complaining about some of the presentational aspects there. Like, it's it's so interesting to me that I don't usually mess around with photo modes, but I can't <laughs> mm. get out of the photo mode in this game. I'm in it all the time. I'm breaking up <laughs> fights that should be intense and in the moment just to get the right angle. And it is funny that, yeah, like, from a pure kind of, in terms of polygons and shaders and stuff like that, I don't think this is up there with Red Dead or Last of Us 2. But at the same time, I haven't spent this much time in those games just oogling at the environment and the characters and messing around with the photo mode to get something perfect because it is overall just so beautiful and i think it is a testament uh to the fact that the art direction needs to be strong and if you have strong art direction it doesn't matter if uh, your game isn't the most 
technically polished thing or mm -hmm. have the best graphic engine mm -hmm. or anything like that. You know, indies have been showing this off for a long time, but I feel like in the AAA space, art direction is almost replaced by sheer technical prowess. Yeah, this point. game proves that you need this cohesive vision to bring something beautiful to life because man like just that's a huge part of the appeal just wandering around this world looking at like you and said the golden forest or oh, seeing a lighthouse in the distance take me there or going into the <laughs> black and white mode because that is gorgeous in and of itself like mm -hmm. i've played essentially half the game in black and white half the game <laughs> in color because both of them have their own merits and i feel like i need to play it twice to get the most out of everything because on on a kind of entire level it's just, it's, it's something else that's probably, mm -hmm. probably blown me away. And I think it's such a great swan song, at least in the AAA space, for like the PlayStation 4, what the PlayStation 4 is capable of and what Sony's first party teams could get out of this machine. Mm -hmm. And that thing you said about like um, so many AAA devs strive for just like out and out realism, like, you know, like Red Dead is very much like this is a snapshot of, oh, I, I mean, obviously it's like idyllic to some degree, but it's going to be this snapshot of the old West. And it's it's that thing where like I, it, this is almost a reminder of like, hey, look, you, do, you don't have to spend forever replicating, um, you know, realism. You can have an art style, an art direction, and you can throw giant sort of sunsets and you know, really overblown looking things and it'll elevate the whole experience. Like I just... Yeah, there's something about it that is just super sort of tranquil, spiritual, majestic. It has so many qualities that, like we said at the very beginning, elevate the whole thing. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much all blown away. We might end up doing a follow-up depending on how we feel when me and Josh have finally crossed the credits. Um, please, we'll, uh... please. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm sitting on like, the world's biggest conspiracy right now and I can't talk to anyone about don't, it. Don't worry, you and I'll be finished by probably uh, the end of the year. Good. I'm back in my calendar. You might be out of Act 1 by then. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below you're following along on the video side or come find us on social media if you're listening along on any of the audio platforms but now this has been the what culture gaming podcast i've been your host scott tailford joined by ewan patterson goodbye <laughs> and josh brown farewell i will catch oh. you next time Day See you. do my goodbye with a farewell <laughs> oh. he knows what he's doing farewell <laughs>